everybody. You're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. I'm David. We've got a special episode for you this week. Yep. It is uh, July 2019. Halfway into the year, we thought it'd be a great time to do a kind of year in yeah. review at the midway point. Yeah. See how things have been so far. Um, and a look at what's ahead. This is going to be a little more broad than our normal episodes because we're mm-hmm. going to talk about movies that came out this year, mm-hmm. not necessarily uh, sequels and stuff that we will take. We will talk yeah. about them, but we're going to talk about just our some of our favorites from the year, some surprises, some movies that uh, were not good, and yeah, what what's yeah. that's what's left to come. Yeah, just me and the boys talking about best of 2019 so far as we get ready to raid Area 51. You say <laughs> me and Everything's the boys? Going. Me and the boys. I don't uh, really know how you're supposed area to fi- say when, it. When is that a... Don't say it. When's that Area 51 raid happen? Uh, I think it's I think, in uh, uh, September, November. Yeah, sometime like that. September, Wait, the best thing cool you want to do now. is tell Area 51 right. when you're coming, well, someone, right? Yeah. Someone told me the other day that they're like they the government is having to legitimately be like, okay, we have to like actually... Yeah, because the thing is, no matter how... Yeah, no matter how silly a joke is... Right. You never know how many actually legit crazy people. When, when you have over a million people respond to the yeah. Facebook event, some of them will. Go. Josh, you work in news. Garrett, yeah. you've worked in news. Yeah. Occasionally, you get some messed up stuff in the messages. So you it's know, there's true. some people it's in true. there out there that are actually like legit crazy and they're will gonna go. take any excuse to go do something crazy like when, that. When does the Area 51 raid movie come out? Oh man, that's gotta <laughs> happen. What I don't get. Well, I just, okay, this is a bonus episode, so I'm just gonna embrace Send your, this. Uh, but we we were great with movie ideas. Did we not contact. all agree as a people and a country that, um, especially when a lot of Area 51 was declassified, that it did not involve the things that we thought it did? <laughs> yeah. And here's here's my follow-up, because you're going to go, well, of course they said that. Once everyone started to assume and believe that Area 51 contained alien life or some sort, they would have moved it. If yeah. it was ever oh, yeah. there, yeah. it's not now. No, because it's, too... it's only the place that they had set up. They didn't <sighs> expect anybody to find out, and they're not going to take the time to build something but else. They so thought... they're just going to deny it, and they're going to let people think it. And no, then if it blows into this conspiracy theory, then no the one's going to believe it because it's crazy <laughs> of time. No, because, because they, they think have you're going to move it, and if you don't move it, then you're then you're playing their game. That is assuming the government is stupider than we already think they are. <laughs> Because people have thought aliens have been in 1951 for 60, 70 years. Never assume and conspiracy. No one, never, no one yeah. could have moved it. No one, never assume conspiracy when stupidity will suffice. This is exactly it's an old it. adage. It's Occam's razor too. Like whatever seems the most obvious is probably the, the truth. Yeah. And the most obvious would be they went. Eh, people kind of figured it out. Maybe we ought to move uh, the aliens somewhere else <laughs> to one of our other vast well, that's why deserts it's all in the United underground. States. Uh, the whole top is just a facade. I mean, you remember all... whenever there was all those concerns about those WalMarts being shut down? That's where they did it. They just put the aliens you, in all that those was random WalMarts. I, yeah. I think we have to ask ourselves a question. If it was real, do you think they'd let Independence Day have been made? Mm. Where, yeah. Because, like, like, I think the Army actually, like, can, like, sanction the use of their, like, iconography for some of that, or the Air Force did. Yeah, because, I mean, Would the more let you them, let it be introduced into pop culture, I think, the, the more, more you're... The, li- the less... You're creating a fictional yeah, background, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, now it's just a joke. While Meanwhile, the guys behind the scenes can be like, Man, yes, it's all The government's playing 3D chess with our heads right now. They really the are. Going back they and really forth. Are. 2019, what a year. Oh, yeah. Movies. Uh, movies. <laughs> Not alien raids. Yet. So, um, like I said, it's July. Um, we're we're um, deep into blockbuster season. Really, it's kind of over yeah. <laughs> now that the Lion King has come out. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's another big blockbuster. Huge Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. That would be probably there. the last one. Probably, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we are we are definitely in the 
the the last stretch. We're in the end game. The, we're in the end game now. <laughs> um, so let's go around and name like I don't know some of our some of our top few favorites. Like I'm talking like three to five. Not a lot of them. Yeah. My list is very short, and we'll see how they compare. Because because uh, uh, Garrett, Andrew, and I all use Letterboxd. Uh, it's a it's a pretty fun app where it's like a movie social network. David needs to get on it. I really do. Uh, where we can track movies, review movies, keep lists, rankings. So we like to do that there. You you can search for us on there if you use it, and I'm sure yeah, we'll find it. We'll pop up. Yeah. So we we have lists, um, and I'm sure some of ours are similar. I'll, you guys have all seen like 30 to 40 plus movies this Correct. year. We're the ones I'll, who take this series. I'll though. run through my top few, 10 okay. uh, because that's exactly how many I've seen. Um, so I think my favorite movie of the year, the movie that stands out the most to me, and like I hate to sound like such a loser, but it is Avengers Endgame. That's not, that's I, not no, nothing it's, to It's been about. a long build up and I it was everything I wanted it to be and it just uh it was just perfect. Okay. I think my uh second favorite movie of the year so far has actually been it was actually Shazam. Okay. I really dug Shazam. Yeah. It, it just worked for me on every level. I did too. Um and another movie that was an absolute blast and I loved every minute of it was uh, Toy Story Four. Yeah. I call it the uh, I call it my Procbusters because prop I've busters. only seen uh, those ones. <laughs> okay, I've only seen the blockbusters this year, except for two movies. I'll talk about them in my surprises. I will say that all of those make my uh, my 2019 list, but uh, only one of them is in my top five. There you go, Andrew. Why don't you go? So you're weird. Uh, yeah, we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I hate you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all go to hell. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, really... Just <laughs> read the movies. Okay. Um, so far, my number one movie this year is The Avengers. Yeah. It's, okay. it's Avengers Endgame. Sure. Number two is Rocketman. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love Rocketman. And my number three uh, is either... It's a toss-up right now between... Toy Story Four and Us. Oh wow! Hit us with two more. Yeah, go. You have do, so many. Let's do top five. More. Let's do yeah. top five. Okay. Um, John Wick Three. John Wick June. Yeah, yeah. John Wick June. Everybody best of twenty nineteen. Oh, I John forgot to put that on my list. I I forgot one. Whoa, that's not on my list. And um, Captain Marvel. Okay. okay. Nice. 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 Okay. Nice. Okay. So Captain Marvel gets in the tree there. Okay. Okay. Here, what you uh, what you got lined up over there? So I'm gonna go backwards because y'all are hitting with the A list right out the gate. I don't understand oh, that. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> uh, I've let's got see. so few. I've got uh, my number five is Toy Story four. Uh, cool. I'm, I'm not weird about that. Then no, <laughs> no. Toy Story like we we had a t- discuss discussion last week about Toy Story four and like again it's they're all so good. I may not have felt like as strongly about it as I did one through three, but like it's, it's definitely a great movie. Uh, Strong story. Um, Spider Man Far From Home number four. Rocket Man, number three. Number two was my number one until today. I switched it back because I just thought about it more. And I was like, I had a better I had more of a connection as much as like the number two movie is a better movie, but the number one movie is a more connected movie. Okay, so Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Num- number two is Book Smart. Yeah. And number one is Endgame. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, my number five is uh, us. Us is good. I haven't seen it. My number four is uh, Midsummer. Midsummer is good. I haven't uh. seen it. <laughs> Midsummer is a 
life changing film. Is it like a horror movie? Yeah, but weirdly, oh. it's also. Keep telling me how scary it is. It's it's less scary and more disturbing. So like, it's, you're not gonna be like, ah! but you're gonna be like. Ugh. And those are the worst ones. <laughs> they are the I worst. I contend ones. that they're the Cerebral. worst. Like I believe there was there were maybe like one to two jump scares, but it's really not that kind of movie. There were one or two jump scares in The Lion King. Exactly. There were. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Midsummer. My number three is Avengers Endgame. Uh, number two is Booksmart. And my number one is Rocket Man. All right. Rocket Man. Yeah. Good movie. Haven't seen really, it. Really, really remarkable film. Yeah. And and I think that we should talk a little bit about Booksmart because, like, because nobody I, watched it. Because nobody watched it. And that movie is fantastic. It's so The is. cheap way to get people to go watch it. Is to say that it's super bad for for with ladies, but it's so much more than that. It gives it. It's got the elements that make super bad so great and so funny, but it goes deeper into the relationship of these two female characters, and it really gives. And maybe I connect with it because I feel like I was a weird kid in high school too. But like, it really just gives you a lot, and, it, and yeah. they're so, so good. Booksmart is a, a perfect example of when people get online or in person and they complain and they whine about how Hollywood doesn't have any new ideas because all they make are sequels and remakes. Exactly. And then I point out Booksmart and ask why you didn't go watch it. Yeah, 100%. There are so many great original movies that none of you go see. Yeah. Um, the web, the, uh, the the research company Market, I think Market Share is what it's called, released that a study like earlier, this, earlier this year. Um, in 2018, they polled... Uh, a lot of they polled Americans and yeah on average the average American sees five movies in a theater a year yeah five movies a year I buy that it's not nece- and, and it's not necessarily that Hollywood's running out of ideas they just Hollywood really doesn't know how to get you to go see new movies Mm-mm. yes I Book agree with that is a classic example of this is exactly what people complain and ask for like new ideas new movies yep starring starring women directed by women you know starring you know that they give a voice to people who don't have a voice and the movie right now is sitting at the number 45 movie of the year with $22 million. It's made $22 million. Granted, that's better than Hellboy. Yeah. But that's, I mean, but it's, it's you know, the demand seems to be absurdly large for movies like this. And yet they, they die a thousand yeah, they deaths. Die. Yeah. Well, and it seems like we're, we might be past the time of R-rated comedies. I, I think they're a, they're and, a dying and, breed. And, and obviously there's elements that go into that, how much it costs to go to a movie. It sure. costs a lot these days. They released this movie in May, which may not have been the best time to release it. I think if this was like an August release or a September release, $22 million is not, it, it probably does. It might do better, and that's not that bad. But you release it in the middle of May, two weeks after... Um, what else released in May? You release it one week after like a dog's journey, and... In the same month as, you know, I mean, gosh, uh, they they released it one week after John Wick three. So, like, what do you think dominated that weekend? But, it was, but it was also like less than a month after Endgame, right? Which Endgame was a, a still monster. a force. Well, but so. when you when you compare them to, to <clears throat> Booksmart to Endgame and, and John Wick, you got to think Booksmart is is very smart counter programming. Oh yeah, it is. Glad to see Booksmart is doing better than Hellboy though. If anything, John yeah. John Wick may have made more money if it was released further. From Endgame and John Wick made a lot of money. Yeah, yes. yeah. But like, it could have been bigger, is what I'm getting at. John Wick's doing fine. Yeah, it's a bummer that that um, people just don't go watch original films, and I think a lot of it does have to do with time and money. 
Uh, well, and it's like, well, we're just going to go see a blockbuster because yeah. we know we know we'll like it. That's yep. generally how it works. We and know that we won't. The be next number on that thing was eighteen percent of Americans see ten movies a year. Gosh, I wonder how many see forty halfway in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it just you're the, the three of us? Yeah. We are the one percent. You're, you're in the high minority. You're low, very low minority. Hey, AMC A list, man. Yeah. They want to sponsor this podcast. Oh my goodness, yes, by all means. <laughs> Absolutely. Throw and you saw that out there. You didn't send, you, some of these you saw on Netflix though too. A few of them, so, yes. A few of them are streaming. Most of them are in theaters. That was that was the main. Uh, that was the, they drilled down to how many people watch them and. In, uh, on streaming services or on demand, those type of things too. But the theater number, I thought, was the one that really stood yeah. out to you guys. Well, it's easier to to get to because with those with the streaming numbers, you just don't know if they're tr- accurate or not. No. Right? You can't like when Netflix tells you, "Oh, this many people watched our movie." You're like, "Yeah, I got to take that with a grain of salt, though, because yeah, you are Netflix." Yeah, you're the only. And then you got like Nielsen, who who monitors television ratings. I already questioned their numbers. Yeah, because they're. I just don't. I just. It doesn't make sense to me. And then they they also track streaming, and I'm like, right. but you're just guessing. You're yeah, literally you're guessing. guessing. You're guessing based on the poll you took. So it's like I don't really believe either of your like, numbers. Yeah, yeah. And you know, obviously, with any polling, but box office receipts. Yeah, that's there's not really debate. Obviously, there. with polling, there's 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 only so uh, there's there's always a margin for error. Yeah, but it's just uh, even if that's like you know even with like it even with like a fifty percent margin for error, I think that's. It's a very it, getting people to go to the movies. It's a very tough it's task tough. these days. It and is. Booksmart is a movie that like people want. I think a lot of people want, but don't realize that it was even out. I don't feel like they Which really promoted it well either. So sad, right? Because you guys have been talking it up like crazy ever it's since. It's so came out. good. It really yeah. is. I, I I will say this. I've not gone to a movie. I've not gone to a comedy movie in a long time, and I've laughed that hard. Well, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, it's very funny. So kudos do, to them. Do we want to talk about some of our lowlights? I think Garrett. Speaking yes, of comedy do. movies, you have a very specific one. You probably want to talk do, about. <laughs> actually, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna work from from down. So like, um, I might be in the rare camp here, but I didn't like Extremely Wicked, whatever, whatever, whatever that long title movie yeah. is with the Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy movie. It's yeah. a Netflix original movie about Ted Bundy. Okay. And I think that for me, and I'm again, I'm probably in the minority here. I think the movie it would have been fine had they not released the Ted Bundy tapes series because essentially this movie is that. But why would I want to watch the movie when I can go watch the real thing yeah. on the same streaming platform? So I was really let down with that movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't really care. I thought it was a weird perspective at times. Like, the whole promotion of it, of, like, they tried to glorify Ted Bundy in the original trailer, and then they were like, no, that's not what we're doing. It, they just tried too hard to defend it, and I, I, didn't, I didn't want it on board. Uh, then I have The Curse of La Llorona, which... Oh, you didn't like that? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I, it's not that I didn't like it. It was just kind of a letdown. The second half was good. The first half was a little slow. It could have been better, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It's just um, number it's just, four on your worst of the yeah, year list. It, but like it, and I think there there have been a lot of strong movies this year that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I have only seen like like even Extremely Wicked. Um, I gave it uh, two stars, which is pretty decent. It looked like it was well made. Yeah, it looked it fine. Did that doesn't necessarily mean it's enjoyable. This one probably has two stars. Yeah, two stars for the curse. Uh, the Last Laugh with Chevy Chase. And uh, dude from Jaws, you have made this movie up. 
No, this it's a on fake po- What are you looking at? It's over on here? He, he watches some of those uh, niche Netflix movies. Yeah, this you is have made neat. a. This is you photoshopped this. <laughs> I've seen your work. This is about as good as you do. It's Chevy Chase and Richard Dreyfus. I just can't even Did imagine just, what possessed you to turn. It that was on. late at night, and I didn't want to watch anything I cared about, and so I was like, "Here's this movie with Chevy Chase and Richard Dreyfus. I'll give it a shot. Wow. It's a 2019 movie. I can add it to my list, bolster my list a little bit. Uh, basically." Chevy Chase is being put into a retirement home. He used to be a, a manager of sorts in showbiz. Uh, Richard Dreyfus was a comedian who uh, is somehow in the same retirement home. But what do you see in the movie? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Dreyfus was a really good comedian, but then stopped, and so then they go back on the road and make this tour again, and he ends up on the t- on the on the Late Show, I believe, with Colbert. Um, really cold there. You could have done better. Yeah. Uh, Polar. Number three. Polar, which is also a Netflix movie. That is bad. Yeah, that's bad. Haven't seen it. It's really bad. It's like if Taken, the first one, were bad. So it's like if they started with Taken 3, but Ooh. also worse. Mm. So don't, don't, don't. Who's do in that? Uh, Mids, or Mads Mikkelsen. Okay. That's the only reason I watched it. And also, um... Mads Mikkelsen. What's his Silly name? Things. What's her name? Vanessa Hudgens, I believe, is in it. Oh, oh Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, but, but the worst movie by far oh, of the year. Wait for this. Is The Hustle oh, yeah, with yeah, Anne yeah. Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Sure, and sure, sure, I just sure. want my I want people to know how bad this is. Uh, my review for this movie is two people walked out halfway through, and I should have too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, my wife watched this alone, and she envied the empty seats. Yep. It was really, really awful. Wow. Wow. Andrew? Yeah, Andrew, you got some bad movies over there? I got... Yeah, I got a couple. Um, I'm going to start off right now with... Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yes. Uh, no. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> that should stop. <laughs> Let you speak. Um, Go ahead. No, it's all good. Um, no, the... I was a little... I was a little disappointed, I will say, in the Lion King, that just got re- just got released. So you gotta put that like on your bottom? bottom of your forty movies. It's uh, hold on, it's not, it's not there, but it's on. You're just mentioning it's like, it. It's like it's like at the top tier of the bottom movies right now. So, so it's in the bottom twenty. Yeah. the ne- The next one I will say was Cold Pursuit. It starred uh, oh. Liam Neeson, where they're in the cold and he's avenging. He's avenging the death of, I think, his son or daughter. No, his son. Yeah, I saw the trailer for this. Yeah. And it's if you've seen Taken, you've seen Cold Pursuit. But I think my worst, the worst movie I've seen this year... Uh, let me go back to my list. I'm really just shocked that you mentioned The Lion King. I don't... Like, well, yeah, we're talking about worst movies here, not disappointments. Like, what the heck? That was a disappointment to me. I said we're talking about worst movies, not disappointments. Turn on the hearing aid, Grandpa. Cute. Is that a hearing aid? I don't know. I've never needed one. Neither have I. I think you do, though. Oh, man. I just had it here and I forgot. It's so bad he forgot it. I feel like if it's really bad, you remember it. It's true. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he's gonna say? Anticipation's killing. It me. really is. Spider Man Far uh, Homecoming or I Far still From can't Home. Far from you Homecoming. Made out with a Chevy Chase movie. <laughs> like that didn't happen. No, I kind of disagree with it too. I, I've happen. never even seen that on Netflix. It's because it's a hide. Well, probably. 
Go ahead. I just, who in 2019? Yeah, yeah, no, I can't. Who in 2019 can't is in the Chevy Chase You don't Chase have business? a list, or do you not order them that way? No, I, I had I had one, and I can't remember what the name of it was. It's not on my list, either. I forgot yeah. it. Mm. So, well, now it's it's going to be... We'll always be left wondering. Yep, move, over to the, uh, move over to the Procbusters over here. Yeah, do you even have bad movies on this? I have 10 yours? movies, so by default, I want to add that, that clarifier. By default, I think the, the my least favorite movie of 2019 so far has been The Lion King. Sure. By you default. You only got 10 lists. I, I only 10. got 10 movies on it. Some, another movie I'm kind of disappointed in is Aladdin, but I actually feel like I had more fun watching Aladdin than I did The Lion King. I agree. Um, yeah. And then everything else is kind of good. I like everything. I like It's like two movies that are disappointing for me because I've only seen 10. I'm a really bad movie watcher. So... I've been watching too many old movies for you guys. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll kind of count down from three. Um, third worst... Uh, it's the dead don't die. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was bad. That's a shame. <laughs> Bill Murray. It just uh, was too. It, just, it rubbed me the wrong way in several ways. Just didn't work for you. Just didn't work for me. That's that's what it comes down to. It didn't mm-hmm. work. For I understand me. that. Um, then it's uh, already been mentioned, but the the curse of La Llorona mm-hmm. was just not that good. This is a horror movie. They, so it, they say it's in the it's in the uh, Conjuring franchise. Connected, you know, it's not very scary. Well, it's interesting. My least favorite movie of last year was was um, the movie about the Winchester rifle lady. Oh yeah, Winchester. Winchester oh, was yeah. Winchester was yeah, called? Yeah. yeah, it was also a horror movie that was horrific. Is that also in the, the Conjuring way. franchise? No, that one's just a weird offshoot. Well, I was it. It's actually about the Winchester lady. I think that she had Helen some, Mirren played yeah. the like That's main like, character. Yeah, it's like a legit urban legend. I think. Yeah, no, I think it is. It's, it's, funny, it's funny phrase, legit urban legend. And then so far in in July of 2019, the worst movie I have seen by far is uh, X Men: Dark Phoenix. Oh, oh man, which That's bad. I didn't see it. My my review of it on Letterboxd is literally an Andrew can. It's thanks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it's four says. words. And I have, and one person liked it, so they, <laughs> there you go. You have validation. I have validation. Thanks. I hate it. Um, um, what about uh, like surprises and disappointments? Oh, well, Andrew already talked about his disappointments because yeah. he didn't understand the rules. <laughs> I have three surprises. I'll run through my three surprises real quick. Uh, John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Yeah. John Wick. Jim. Honestly, because I did not uh, even anticipate getting into John Wick this year. And I did. Got into that's all, the, got that's into the it beauty hard. of this podcast that I love. Exactly. This, I would. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have ever probably picked up the John Wick series, no. but I did, and so I was surprised to. And even though John Wick three, I think I ranked it midding midway on the mm-hmm. on our, our overall rankings. I still really did enjoy it. Uh, here's the movie that I don't think any of you guys saw. Oh, is this the one? This is the one. Okay. Although you might not have seen my other one as well. Actually, okay. I'll save it because it's even better. Okay. So I saw a movie called The Upside. Oh, I saw the upside. Damn. They the didn't. upside with Kevin Hart and Brian oh, Cranston, yeah. and it was actually very charming and nice. It I really was. enjoyed it. It was great. It wasn't anything super special, but it was actually really nice. Nice to see Kevin Hart sort of play. I don't want to say dramatic, but play a more grounded role, and still have a lot of his charm. Brian Cranston's always good, but here's the movie I know none of you saw. I'm pretty positive none of you saw. The Lego Movie 2, the second part. I did, I did not, not see it. Nope. nope. It was very good. You can check out my review on so many sequels.com. Uh, it's got three likes, so take that. And uh, it is. I need to start doing more reviews, folks. It is. Yeah, uh, I well, call it. Uh, waiting on anyone to start at writing. Lego, uh, the Lego Movie Two, the second part is really good. I call it uh, Deadpool for kids. You did. Because I it's that crazy. It's got that crazy slapstick element. It's really meta humor. 
kids and adults, I think, can both really love it. Nice. Right. Surprising movie. Yeah. It's not in the top of my it's not in my top five, but it's really good. I have not seen the upside, but I have seen the Intouchables, which is what that movie's based on. Oh yeah, yeah. And it is brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely like I assume the original both... is just as just or yeah. just as good if not better. Yeah, they're, it's they're just French. Really yeah. That's the only difference. Actually, I don't know. I haven't seen the other one. Um some surprise or some surprises for me was the long shot. That movie yeah. I expected to be you know, a Seth Rogen comedy. And it was, but it was, again, also more than that. And it was really funny. The The chemistry between him and Charlize Theron was really good. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Highwaymen, which is a Netflix movie. It is about the pursuit of Bonnie and Clyde, but from the perspective of the, the Texas Rangers who got them. Yeah. Uh, it's got uh, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, and they were really good. Um, and then... Um, Trying to decide which, because um, you and I have seen a lot of the similar movies, so I'm trying to pick some that I think that you won't, Interesting. or at least you can pick some of the other ones, um, but Escape Room, that was the first movie I saw of the year, and it was very good. It was a big surprise of how, it was basically like Saw without the torture. A little yeah. bit of torture, but not gore. Um, it was smart. They set up for a franchise. Um, it was really, really good. And then um, some disappointments for me included The Dead Don't Die. I wanted that to be good. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Um, I liked Brightburn. Okay. I thought you said you were disappointed by that. Oh, back. No, it was good. Um, Greta, that was okay. Uh, I wanted it to be a little more. And uh, I don't know. That, those are really the only ones that I feel like I was disappointed in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got some surprises here. Um, yeah, trying to differentiate it a little bit. Um, Fighting with my family mm. uh, has all the makings of a bad movie. Yeah, that is really good. Yes, and especially for people like right. you and Andrew and I went to see it. I'm the only one. Well, have you seen Fighting with My Family? I haven't watched it. Okay, yet, but I so to. David and I are wrestling people. You two are not. So I knew a lot about Paige, who is the main focus of this movie, but you guys didn't. I very much enjoyed it, but you guys did too. And I think that that shows you don't have to know who this no, person is don't. to connect with that story. I think more than that, though, um, this is a movie that's good that came out of WWE. Oh, does yeah. not have no, no well, good it's movies. The Rack, though. The Rack? Why'd I say it like that? The Rack? The Rack, he did this movie, yeah. yeah well, the, the Rock produced it. Right. He didn't make he, it. All he touches is gold. <sighs> yeah. No, yeah, it's, it was. It's surprising how well it's done. I've read a lot of great reviews about it, and I I do want to watch it at some point. I kind of wonder how much of that is also them managing to go out and, and the Rock. I think was a main part of recruiting this guy, going out and getting um, Steve Merchant, who directed it. Yeah, um, who's I think got a lot of talent, and I think could. I think this should be a real feather in his cap towards directing bigger movies. It should. Um, I've always been a big Steve Merchant fan, uh, and Florence Pugh who plays Paige in the movie is, I think, a huge star in the making. Um, she's done this movie, and she's the star of Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also going to be, allegedly, the Black Widow star of yeah, that movie. Yeah, she's that movie's ma- yeah, going to be announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Supposedly. And my other two, I'm going to go with Crawl. Yes, I was hoping you'd talk which, about that. Which uh, should suck. <laughs> <laughs> should hundred percent. It's should. basically a sci-fi channel movie. Yeah, but it is fun. It is intense, and it runs at a cool eighty-seven minutes. Yeah, where it belongs. 
It's remarkably stupid. Yep. Both the main characters uh, are so dumb that they should have died before the Cat 5 hurricane. <laughs> like, just regular living should you, have killed you, them. You yeah. kept saying that throughout the movie, too. <laughs> they are so dumb. Now, let me tell you how dumb they are, David. <laughs> <laughs> this is, so they're in Florida, right? Right. You know how Florida is? Yeah. Especially during hurricane season. Yeah, There's nowhere fun. to go. It's yeah. a thin state, and they run out. There's a Category 5 hurricane. Mm-hmm. That's the top of the chain. Mm-hmm. Coming directly up Florida. This girl's sister can't get a hold of their dad. He lives down there. Can't get a hold of that. Can't get a hold of that. For some reason, the sister decides to put her other, her sister in charge of all this instead of just doing it her damn self. So the main girl goes down to find her dad, who she's estranged from. You want to know what he is doing during the Category 5 hurricane. I'm going to say watching football. He is working <laughs> in the house's crawl space. <laughs> to board up vents from the inside, inside of the house. Under the ground. During the hurricane. So he's just Not a it. week before where most people <laughs> board up their house. He's just planning to ride it out. Yeah. Hurricanes cannot be understood. Hurricanes are not tornadoes. You know when they're approaching. It's a yeah, much tornadoes can be a, a surprise. A, a lot of leeway, a yeah. lot of buildup for a hurricane. Yeah, no. Um, I don't even feel bad if these count as spoilers. I'm gonna try not to like ruin the movie, for, but like, there's another part that I just have to point out where. So the the there's alligators, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea. Right. They come in. There's an alligator in there already, who has attacked her dad like in the beginning, and so slowly throughout the movie, the crawl space floods. But in the beginning, there's no water. So they're, like, trying to get around these alligators, and they're just attacking them, attacking them. At some point, they get into another portion where they are outside but still in floodwater. And the dad's like, oh, if we just walk slow and don't make splashes, they won't attack us. (laughs) But that had never been... There's no evidence of that throughout the entire <laughs> first part of the movie where the alligators just attack at random. And all, now he's like, oh, just don't splash. And for some reason, for a few seconds, that works? Now She just stands still and an alligator swims around her. But but that never stopped. I just can't. But but I loved it. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. This is a movie that we can like very much enjoy. Yeah, after the movie, I said, I wish we could do a podcast about this movie because I could talk about it all day. It was, it's yeah. so horrible, and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, mean, anyway. I don't want to go see it. I can't get... You should. It's fun. I can't get Nikki to go see it. It's you, gross. I don't know if she likes gross She movies. hates alligators, first uh, off. Oh, well, then don't Terrified of them. But I really, but I, um, I, I, I was interested when I saw the trailer the first time. I went, oh, because at first I was just like, oh, man, this is like a surviving in a hurricane really well, bad kind like, of movie and it, then I, I like it like the minute mark yeah. an alligator shows up and I went oh this is an alligator movie I believe it's got like an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes too yep. people are loving it it's I've good. seen a lot of so, good reviews so far then my last surprise is uh, Yesterday Only which is a movie about so if the Beatles did not exist that was fun uh, it was better than I thought it would be yes. a couple of disappointments Men in Black International was not good mm. Which is a shame because that uh, Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth combo should have been good. So mm-hmm. I heard there's so much like we can we can talk about this a little later if we choose to talk about like sequel fatigue and stuff. But yeah. like I had heard that this production of this movie was so jacked that Tessa Thompson and uh, Chris Hemsworth hired their own dialogue coaches because no one was writing anything. So they hired their own people to help them with the dialogue to come up with something. Mm-hmm. 
So that is a improv. mark of a bad behind the scenes movie. Yeah. So there's like a lot of like improv and coming up with stuff on the day. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um. Gosh, I, there's nothing. So when I think of disappointment, I'm trying to think of a movie that I thought would be good and then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a lot of that. No. Um. Men in Black was the only one that that I thought might be good, and it's because of how good Chris and Tessa are in, in Thor Ragnarok that I thought they would carry it, and they just don't. Yeah. So I think I just got that one dis- real disappointment. What about uh, some of the ones that uh, Garrett mentioned? Uh, long shot was that? I enjoyed. No, I enjoyed the long shot. I liked it. Um, that I didn't want to include that on my surprise because I kind of thought it might be good, mm-hmm. and it was. So I was satisfied. Would you say the dead don't die was a big disappointment? Were you oh, really, yeah, you really I, think that was going to be good? I wasn't going to say that because I said it before, but yeah. No, I thought it would be good because of Bill Murray, mm. um, Adam Driver. Um, is that it? <laughs> I mean, those are the main two. I think there's Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Yeah. It's a zombie that. movie. Right. It's satirical. Right. But it's just... It's odd. It's odd in a way that annoyed me. Not odd in a way I appreciated. Um, I think it should have been better. And there's some heavy-handed, like... There's some weird meta stuff, but like well, it's not consistent. It's meta, and there oh Selena Gomez. Selena um, Gomez in it. There's some heavy-handed like climate me- messaging and um, like society's <laughs> s- attachment to technology that mm-hmm. just felt like oh my god. Yeah. Give me a that's break. a shame. So yeah, the dead don't die in Minimum Black. I'll go with those two. Okay. What about you? you have any that you didn't say before? Because you can't say The Lion King again. Well, I've already said The Lion King, but my, my disappointment, my other disappointment would be uh, I personally really didn't care for Aladdin. Ah, get out. <laughs> I didn't care for Aladdin because yeah. I thought it was just, it was a, it, just like The Lion King, yeah. kind of a rehashing of the old story. Yeah. But like, okay, thought, here's, here's a question. Because fight, I, fight, no, fight, no, 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 fight, it's not a fight. fight. It's a legitimate question because this is a thing point, that people keep bringing up and I'm on your side. But like, and you've mentioned this is did Disney put themselves in a no win situation because people are going to be mad that it's the same thing but people are also going to be mad that it's the, it's different. it's different if you try to change it so you specifically because you have highlighted both of them as disappointments what would you rather them do what would I rather them do and don't say don't make it that's exactly what I was going to I know that's why I stopped you from saying Man, that. the Aladdin story is like 5,000 years old so it's, there's it's nothing like, what would you have done what would I would have done? Yeah. Let's uh, say Disney hired you to make the movie. You're the director. You don't get to go no, because they're offering you Disney money. Uh-huh. You would not say no. So what do you do? What would I do? Yeah. Hire better writers. Okay. You're the writer. Mm-hmm. Did Guy Ritchie write it? No. I don't know if Guy Ritchie no. wrote it. I'm I just saying you specifically are in charge of this, because you broke it up. So my thing is, is that, like, I hated the beginning of it, because the, the beginning of it gave the ending away. Every, literally almost everybody knows Wait, the ending of Aladdin. Yeah. How so, though? Because, like, you see you see the woman that's coming out, and she's explaining the story. Yeah. And she's talking about her husband. Right. And you hear, it's obvious that you're hearing Will Smith in the background. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, I'm, and immediately I'm thinking, oh, Will Smith. And then they start telling the story. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, we're in a flashback the entire movie up but, until that but part. But then you could always just present to yourself with the thing... Is it actually a flashback, or is it that's just them telling this, telling a uh-huh. fake story about how they came, how they got see, together? I think see, that was the idea. The twist is that it was. A whether, is it true or is it not? Because he could just be telling a, a fantastical story to his kids about a genie, right? That's just totally bonkers, or it could actually have happened. See, and that's what that's kind of what I was going with, and mm-hmm. 
and I was uh, I was trying to figure that out because I'm like, okay, this could go this could go two ways, and the other my my thing is is that there were parts of it I thought were like the the acting was very wooden, the acting was incredibly wooden. Um, the effect I will say that the effects were great, the art direction was great. Um, set design is pretty good. The but, set design was good. But my question is the story itself. Uh-huh. You've mentioned that it, you just said that it was the same thing. So what would you have done? I don't know. Yeah, then I, you, I don't I feel really, like that's a fair critique. I don't. I like but my problem is, is that I don't know. How, I don't know how to. I don't. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to fix that without like, like drastically rechanging the story. I don't know what I would do. Right. I really don't. That's that's totally up to Disney. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is that like, we like we're well aware. We're well aware with what Aladdin is. Yeah. We're well aware with what the Lion King is. Mm-hmm. If you want to give today's audiences a run for their money and all of a sudden shoo shoo people in, you got to do something different. You got to you got to do something different. Maybe change up the plot. I know a what I would have done. Okay. So, what I would have done is I would have taken the story that exists. The anime, okay. First of all, uh, sorry, Garrett. Hmm? I wouldn't have made these films. I wouldn't have made Lion King. I wouldn't have made Aladdin. I no. wouldn't have made Beauty and the Beast when they did it two years ago. But and people like be, Beauty and the Beast. And so would, what is wrong? Beauty and the Beast Why, is, what's the difference between Beauty that and, and Aladdin and and Lion King? No, no, no. I'm legitimately. <laughs> he does that. No. You gotta let it. Fly. I'm, I'm legitimately asking because I haven't seen any of them but Aladdin. But like. You can't, I'll no, tell no, you in it. No, I'll because you in I'm basing my stuff off of other people's critiques, and right. everyone is saying that even Beauty and the Beast was a shot-for-shot remake of the cartoon. Kind but of. that is not a fault that they keep giving that one. It's these other two, so why? I love that. I sit by Garrett every week. I love that whenever Garrett like yells, he acts. You act like you're reading notes even when you're not. No, because like you're looking at like a blank screen right now. Yeah, but you you keep looking at it like you're I don't reading look at exactly. I yeah. like it. He's just it bothers me. me. But so here's the thing. I wouldn't have made. You just yelled at David. What I wouldn't have about? made these particular ones because I feel like the the movies of the Disney Renaissance, the eighty, the late, the very late eighties and early nineties are so fresh still. Mm-hmm. The reason I feel like the Jungle Book got great reviews, Cinderella didn't have a lot of people go see it, but it got good reviews. Um, what they they made another one really, you know, the stuff they did with like Dumbo? Maleficent, Dumbo. they did Dumbo, oh, Dumbo and that kind of failed. But the stuff they've been doing with Maleficent <laughs> and redoing Alice in Wonderland, but it's Tim Burton style. The reason those ones work is because there's so much distance between those those movies because they count in the 50s and 60s well, and versus the late 90s where the people you're trying to get to go see the movie are the people who grew up watching those movies like all the time. Now, granted, I grew up watching stuff like uh, like the Jungle Book cartoon too, but they did enough different with that where they like added a whole other story element to that. And like I said, and I think in a previous podcast, the first Jungle Book's only like 70 minutes. And they made it a full like two-hour film and added more story. There's nothing to add with the Lion King. No. And there's nothing to add with Aladdin. Yes. Those are like fully fleshed-out stories. So if you're going to do something, you have to do something so different that it justifies being made. But if you do that, you're going to hurt. You're going to get piss off all the people that wanted to that are like it wasn't even anything like the original. So you either have to basically do what they did with the Lion King, which is do almost a shot-for-shot remake, or you have to cast like you know a black person as the Little Mermaid. And it's like you're going to get complainers either way. So you might as well, in my opinion, you might as well go different. You might as well do something different. You might as well have made Lion King, like, I hate to bring this up because you guys are going to groan, but you might as well do, like, Lion King is Game of Thrones. As a opposed TV to, show? Yeah. Oh. No, not a TV show, but I mean, like, as a, like, that level of, like, high, like, story, like, like, that the, something they introduced in the Lion King 
the, the something that disappointed me about it is Shenzi is like the leader of the hyenas, and like Scar comes and he says like join me and I'll bring you guys to the top, and then they just drop any relationship between Shenzi and Scar, which could have been really interesting to see this power dynamic of the person who was in charge versus the leader that she like chose to like go along with and see like their friction as like those promises don't get kept or whatever happens they just drop it don't do anything with it that would have been interesting to see the power struggle between the hyenas and the, and the lions that's something you could have done they don't they because they just kind of like stick with doing they add 30 minutes to the movie like we talked about and do nothing with it yeah so i wanted to talk about that, aladdin never, in this respect sorry because you never touched on why Beauty and the Beast didn't fit that mold. Why don't Beauty people the have the same problem has, with, that, with Beauty and the Beast? Beauty and the Beast actually changes it quite a lot. Does it? I know people. I, I haven't have, seen it, so I, but yeah. I've heard so many people say it's just the same thing. They keep the the music's pretty much the same, and that's what people really wanted. They wanted those musical elements, but they give Belle like a whole backstory with her mother, and they give a uh, Beast a way more relatable, I think, actual storyline. Um, Beast Beast gets a new original song that's not in the the, the first movie, and um, I think people generally are just entertained by Josh Gad, so I, I guess they I like know that. I am. I I, uh, I was so so on that element, but I don't begrudge anybody who liked it. And uh, so like there was some different stuff in there, and I think also it was just kind of people were amazed by how great some of the technology was for creating the Beast and creating the the animated characters. And because it was such a blend, it just kind of worked. I think that the hard part for Aladdin was obviously not necessarily doing Aladdin. It was doing the genie. It was following up on Robin Williams. You know, nobody's that attached to the guy who played the beast. So you can do a new beast and nobody's really going to care. But Robin Williams is like one of the most irreplaceable talents of our time. So to bring in Will Smith to try to do the genie, it's like impossible. But he Um, did a good job. He did a good job, but that's not necessarily like that's the. I don't. I think it's the best you could say. You I think that say, if, like, I wow, think that if, Will Smith's best performance of the whole year. No, it's not. But I also think that if the Robin Williams performance wasn't as amazing as it was, then people wouldn't be as upset with this performance. Yeah. Like it's it, it's not fair to compare it because no, it's such a it's different type of performance, and that's not fair to Will Smith. It's not fair to that character. He took it and he made it his own, and he made it work, and he did a good job. I'll agree with you that it's not fair to compare the two. But I'm just giving you the, 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 the landscape of what we have to deal with, which is a Twitter mob, essentially, right. for every movie that comes out. Yeah. So I feel like Aladdin, it, 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 they did expand a lot, though, unlike The Lion King. Much very similar to, to Beauty and the Beast. Jasmine's got, a lot more Jasmine got powerful. her own original song, yep. yeah. where she not only doesn't want to be in the shadow of the palace or whatever like she is in the cartoon but she wants to be an independent person who she wants to be sultan yeah jasmine doesn't want to be sultan in the in the cartoon no they really so she gets that and and the genie doesn't just want to be free he wants to be human Mm. and 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 explores a love interest so these two characters their story is expanded on tenfold Mm. so when people call that a shot for shot remake i don't understand that either it's not whereas you can at least say i feel like with the lion king there's not a lot of expansion of characters. No. It's, it's pretty much the same. So you do end up in a situation where they complain whether you expand or whether you don't. Mm. Yeah, because people now, complain that Aladdin's not enough like the original, and then there's people who complain it's too much like the original. So you can have differences of opinion on the same movie. All I know is I walked else. away enjoying my experience with Aladdin. Yeah. There you go. So I, I, Andrew was disappointed. 
He was. And I still don't, he's never, he's not really answered why. No, I can't say. No, I really can't say because I can't really put my finger on it. It's, and is, honestly, I think it's because you have so much trouble with the genie. Like, that's the only thing I've ever heard no. you complain about is that you didn't like Will Smith's genie. And I think that you're comparing them to the two and not differentiating. Because that's the only thing I've ever heard you hardcore say that you didn't like was that you did not like Will Smith's genie. And that's fine. You I'm just what? saying. Sure. <laughs> I'll, no, I'll say that. It. No, I'll say He's that. tapped out. It. You made him tap out. No, no, no. The thing is, is that, like, my problem with, my problem with, I think my problem with Aladdin as a whole is, is that, like, Disney right now, Disney right now, it, it's just, it, it's, it's there in their prime where they have something good, they can do something good, and they're not doing it, they're doing it just good. They're not doing it great. They're not presenting something that's like, monumentally monumentally good monumentally great I don't know I really don't know the thing is is that I when I walked out of Aladdin I'm like you know it was okay it just didn't do anything for me and the same goes yeah. for the Lion King in fact mm-hmm. I will say that the that Aladdin was better than the Lion King I'll agree with you on that the problem I had with Aladdin That's I just say a problem the way I characterize it was it was fine but nothing about it stood out it wasn't special. Nothing yes. was necessarily special about yeah. it for me. Now, I'm not saying it was bad. It just wasn't special. That's all, the only way I can think to put it. Side point. They're not trying to get you to go see the movie. That's true. They're trying to get your kids. So put yourself in the shoes of a kid who have never seen the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would they be walking away thinking, that is great. That is crazy. That is fantastic. That looks amazing. Honestly, I'm not sure if they would have liked it. I, honestly, I don't know about The Lion King. I've heard it was a little bit, but Aladdin specifically, I think they would. Okay? I don't know, honestly. I, I'd have to take some kids and see what they what they say, because I or, or or get some word from some kids. I don't know, because mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like they'd have more fun. Listen, I don't have a strong kids. attachment to any of these movies. Like <laughs> I, I was, really I've never honest. been a like hardcore super Disney fan. Like I love them a lot, but like I just don't have that kind of visceral attachment. So like when I hear people make these arguments, I just like to. To poke at it and, yeah. and just say, are you just comparing it to your experience as a kid? But this has been the year, to kind of transition a little bit, this has been the year of sequels and remakes. It really has. No, There's been has. a lot over the last 10 years. Right. But this year feels like it's sequel, remake, sequel, remake, sequel, remake <laughs> every every other week. Yeah. So, Garrett, can I, can I interpret from this then, from your stance on these uh, reimaginings, is what I prefer to call these Disney movies, you're kind of pro-remake. You're no. okay with the idea? No, not if it's not justified. Well, what, the Disney ones—I'll be the, the first Disney to say—feel justified. No, the the Disney ones I don't feel, think are justified. I just feel like you just tore down your whole previous. <laughs> no, no, no. Saying that you'd kind of did. Listen, I, uh, <laughs> I, no, no, no. I I think it's fine, but like I want people to give me like an actual better critique because like these movies are being made for not our generation; they're being made for kids, and they're updating things. But from my perspective, as a person who has seen them as a kid, I don't think they're justified for me. I don't think I I think there's a difference between this Disney what they're doing and then Men in Black International. Men in Black International unnecessary, not justified. Nobody's wanted that. Nobody is like, oh, I'm really interested in this uh, uh, Men in Black reboot. But people are interested in going to see the Disney movies because of the things that they have with them. So I think that they're, I think they're two separate categories because look at it from a perspective of, of next week we're talking about the original Superman. 
okay? They've remade and rebooted that so many times. The people that watched the 1978 one probably feel the same way that we feel about the reboots and remakes of these movies. But the kids don't because the technology is different. You show a kid now a VHS or, or like the original Lion, not VHS, but like the Lion King, they're going to go, that looks like crap. That looks like garbage. It's not real. When they look at this, who knows what they think? That's where I think it's different. And that's where I think that we're running into, we're, we are now the older generation who sees this stuff and but, goes, why are they doing that? And the kids are going, because it's amazing. But I think even still, you can make a movie that appeals to kids and the, the adults that watch the originals, and they just don't. Like, there's there's the missing element of, there's something missing between the nostalgia that you get from Toy Story 4, but you can also appreciate the story that it gives you. Like, we went and talked about But that's a sequel, not a reboot. I know, but I, I'm trying to compare it to something that, that gives off this feeling. Like, they're going for nostalgia. They know that, like, a big draw for this movie is going to be the kids of the 90s that are now the millennials who pay for... They go to the majority of films right now. They know that you guys are the main demographic for the movie-going audience. Like, that's that's something they should be trying to get just as much as the kids that are seeing Lion King for the first time. Like, it should appeal to both of us. Um, and it I shouldn't think it- have to be, like, one or the other. I remember watching Aladdin and feeling... I feel like this is just kind of for kids. It's not really... It doesn't feel like it's quite mature enough to catch me. My own, I feel like yeah. if I was younger, I might. If I was twelve or eleven or eight, I my only enjoy this. argument rebuttal to that is if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, I mean the audience score is overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, and I, so I think I think that we might be in the loud minority, and I'm, I say we. I've only seen Latin, but the loud minority of those because everyone else does indeed seem to very much enjoy it. Yeah. It is kind of a weird situation we're in now where it's kind of like critics are mixed or bad on most movies and audiences love them indiscriminately, seemingly. I just really like that you're the strongest presence in the room and you haven't seen almost any. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, I may not have seen them personally, but I hear what people say and I see what I see from trailers and stuff and I have opinions on You have opinions so on the concept. On, on the subject of sequels and remakes, I wanted to look at Disney in particular because I do think they are... Uh, there's a like quantifiable quality problem and creativity problem. Um, the last original film they released that was not based on another property or a sequel was Coco in 2017. Yeah, and that and was a Coco Pixar was studio. Great. I mean, and between then it was a wrinkle in time. Incredibles two, Christopher Robin, Nutcracker, Ralph breaks the internet, Mary Poppins returns, Dumbo, Aladdin, Toy Story one, Lion King, all sequels, remakes, or Based on a, written, a, a non-original property, uh, and before yeah. before Coco, it was Wreck-It Ralph, probably Frozen. More no, Frozen. No, dang, Moana. Moana. Mm. And there's a ton in between Moana and Coco. Cars three, Pirates of the Caribbean, seventy thousand, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> And then you got Peace Dragon, BFG, Finding Dory, Alice Through the Looking Glass, The Jungle Book, Zootopia. You got to go back to that. The Good Zootopia's Dinosaur. Good. I'll tell you what. Inside though. Out. There was a period in 2015 where they had, but like they are not releasing original movies right now. And on their future releases, you got Onward in 2020 is the next original movie. Yeah. I'll tell you what though. When they put out original stuff though, man, they knock it out of the park, don't they? Right. Anyway, Disney does like, Utopia. Disney do does all those. Disney doesn't have the book smart problem. People will see a Disney mo- original movie and go, oh, I must see it. So like their they excuse, Disney brand. their excuse is money based, in my opinion. Well, I think some, something that um, I think it was he was either Bob Iger or somebody else who's a big part of the creative team at Disney said that a lot of companies want to make uh, 
make movies so they can make money. And the way they, they apparently, whether or not you believe it or not, or whether or not you see it on a movie to movie basis, Disney's philosophy is we want to make money so that we can tell good stories. And generally, that's their goal. Whether they succeed or not, it doesn't always happen. But they dedicate to, we're going to live and die by just trying to tell a good story. And we're going to hope that it makes a lot of money. And when you look at it, you go, yeah, they made Beauty and the Beast again. And it made a lot of money. And maybe that a lot of money paid for them to be able to make Coco. Yeah. Or paid for them to be able to fund Moana. I think that's a good debate, or a good argument for them to make. But unfortunately, we're in a period right now where it looks like they're not using a lot of that money to make original ideas no. because there's just not that much on the schedule. There's now, too if there much were, to get. Oops, sorry. if you got to make a, if you got to remake a Lion King to pay for something else, that's fine. Uh, but are you actually paying for it? Because, <laughs> yeah. like I said, the next, the next two original films are 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 Pixar movies, which is Disney, of course, but but they're Pixar. You know, and at the same time, Disney's always been about adaption adaptations. If you look at their their early yeah, stuff, I mean, it's all well, taking Lion stuff King, the, Aladdin, Little Mermaid. They're all based on yeah, other and stories. even their first stuff, Snow White and Cinderella. That's all fairy tales that were in the public domain that they didn't mm-hmm. have to. They, oh, yeah. they didn't have the money to buy rights. They didn't have money to, to pay some writer to come in and like create something brand new. You know, it's like, hey, it's Snow White. Everybody knows genuinely the story of Snow White. We'll just add it, adapt that. What? And so it's kind of a part of their lineage anyway to take old stories and make them their own. What I would like to see them do is don't make a live action version of Lion King. We already have that. Mm-hmm. We already have a good version of Lion King. Make me a live action version of Treasure Planet. Yes. Give me or, that. Or Atlantis. Yes. Atlantis, like these movies that didn't give me those movies that didn't get at their time to get, shine. Didn't yep. get to succeed to that level. You know, those are great movies that are fun. Well, you know kids. what else? What do I got to do to get more Muppets? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They bought Jim Henson Studios. Exactly. Give me the Muppets. They tried to give him a TV show. Ain't nobody watch except you and me. I That's watched true. it. He oh watched. man, I love that ABC Muppet show. It was like fantastic. start dumping movie. Give me another. Give me. Give me Muppets going somewhere. Treasure I Island want a whole movie. About, I want a whole movie with Pepe the Prawn. Yes, Muppets going to Tulsa. Yeah, where's why? Why not? <laughs> where's my Where's my like I don't know Gonzo origin story? Yeah, where's my Pepe and Rizzo story? Buddy um, movie with Pepe and Rizzo. Well, you know what? Make Make animated versions of live action films. Yeah, oh, that could be animated Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm, mm. Animated Animated Tomorrowland. Um, yeah, uh, animated Airbud. <laughs> Did they own Airbud? They own the company that made Airbud. Yeah. <laughs> Animated the dumplings because that was a that was a Buena Vista joint. Yeah, yeah Buena Vista is killing it this year. That's technically the company that Disney owns. Um, so while while we're in this, let's go into uh, sequel fatigue. There's a lot of talk about sequel fatigue. Does it exist? Will it ever exist in yes. reality? Yes. So there's been some evidence that it might exist this year in some movies, and some evidence in other movies that it doesn't exist at all, mm. depending on what movie you look at. I think that's what it boils down to. Like, I'm going to go back to Men in Black. Mm-hmm. When have you ever thought, you know what I'd like? Another Men in Black movie. But I don't want Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. I want a completely new group of people. This is the thing that I want to spend my money on. No. No is the answer. Now, you look at Toy Story 4. When's the last time you thought, you know what? I want a Toy Story 4 movie. Never. But the difference is, the respect that they have for that franchise the respect people have for Disney the respect people have for Pixar like you you have to be smart about what you're giving me I don't want another Godzilla movie I don't want a reboot of Men in Black 
I don't want those things. I want Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I want Endgame. I want the continuation of all of these things. But like, you're giving me a sequel to something I already thought was shit. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. It's it comes down to there is there isn't really sequel fatigue. What it I think what it really comes down to is. Hollywood thinks that if you give anything a sequel, it'll do well. But that's not true. It's about brand recognition. The reason Marvel can keep making movies every week, and technically they can be a sequel or not, is because people realize when they see that Marvel Studios logo at the beginning of a trailer, this is a movie that I should go see. When they see the Disney logo, they want to go see it. When they see Warner Brothers, they want to go see it, maybe. When they see... Uh, uh, what's another good one? Toy Story, you mentioned. Pixar. DreamWorks even. When people see DreamWorks at the beginning, they go, oh, this will probably be, this will probably be pretty good. I'll go see this. They want that. They need that brand recognition. So so if you look at the movies that are doing really well, a lot of them are Disney movies. A lot of them are sequels. You know, All of them are The Disney How to movies. Train Your Dragon series is one of the top movies this year. Yeah. And that's because those movies have been consistently critically loved and consistently good money makers. Mm-hmm. And so they said, can we make a, do you, you know, is it feasible to make a How to Train Your Dragon 4? And they said, well, until they until they start getting bad reviews, we might as well. I don't know why you would make a sequel to Men in Black or a reboot to Men in Black when you consider the last movie is not that well loved. If they had if they had only made Men in Black one and then they decided to come back to it all this time later, maybe you could justify it because a lot of people like Men in Black one. But it'd be like making a new Austin Powers movie now. Nobody wants it. The last two movies were not were not, were not good. Nope. It's like making a new Ace Ventura. Really, the last three movies were not good. Well, the first ones were really good. Mm. Well. First one is a very good question. Talk about that on another podcast. I like John, John Wick, another one that has really taken people by storm. People want another John Wick. Yeah, the John Wick series, as we talked about during John Wick June, hashtag John Wick June, is uh, doing better with every film. Yeah. So like, there's no reason to stop that money train until it starts being bad. Here's one that throws things into <sighs> a loop, and this is one of my honorable mentions for a movie that I didn't mention, but I truly loved. Happy Death Day to you. Yeah. That is a movie that is very niche. It is a very good movie. Didn't think a sequel was necessary, but they gave me one, and it didn't perform well, but it is also a good movie, expands the genre, and even changes it a little bit, sets it up for a potential third one. But these are movies that not really that people don't go see. So that's kind of one that's in this weird abyss of, like, the first one wasn't very well or didn't make a lot of money a lot of people didn't go see it probably don't know what it is so why would you make a second one Mm -hmm. but for like for people like me and Josh enjoyed this movie too like I want it (laughs) well Happy Death Day did justify a sequel with its with its box office was the first one successful? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, compared oh, okay. to its budget, probably. I don't well, think probably it, it, was, it made $55 million on a $4 million budget. Okay, well, that's yeah. fair then. It and was that's, huge. So, and that's where we can get into. Because what the thing is, what happens, how are you guys going to feel when it gets to, like, Happy Death Day to you 7? Not good, because no. I would admit. I would compare However, that. I would compare Happy Death Day to, say, Paranormal Activity. Which was a yeah. breakout original movie that people loved when it came out. And what did they do to that? They ran that way into the ground mm-hmm. with like six or seven sequels. Now, I would like the third Happy Death Day. I believe I believe the creator intended a trilogy is yeah. what I've heard. And if they gave him a trilogy to end it, that'd be fine. Yep. That movie runs into problems, though, where 
Um, the first the first movie is a horror movie, and the second one is not. No. It is like a sci-fi adventure. Yep. So they are drastically different, and I think I honestly think that's what bothered audiences. Yeah. I think they went in going, oh, another horror movie, and then they got a nerd movie. Yeah. That's Which what I think was happened. a great twist. Great nerd movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good horror movie. No. So, Andrew, maybe you can talk about this because we've we all watch we've all watched a lot of sequels. Obviously, it's the point of the podcast. Oh, uh, we do. But at what point? Do I think sequel fatigue in general is not necessarily real because otherwise nobody would ever go see them. But what gives you fatigue? At what point in a franchise do you pull out? Okay, so I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I uh, we series. we talked about this. We talked about this in, a, in an earlier podcast. One of the things that I am getting a little tired of is the serialization of films. Mm-hmm. Serialization of a film series because now it's like every movie is an episode on your favorite TV show. Right. And you just keep building up to that. And then all of a sudden you leave a very cliffhanger ending Mm -hmm. and then you're just like, Oh, well I got to wait two more years for this. Mm. Great. All right, cool. Well now like, see, I rule out toy stories. I rule out the toy story movies because they take their, like, the, the, do they all correspond with each other? Are they all like 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 serialization? Mm. Yes, but no. And the reason every, the reason why I say that is yeah, because they're all original stories. Yeah. They're and all they all have a beginning and an ending. Yeah. Whether or not you like them, each one of them feels resolved. Each of them exactly. feels resolved without being conclusively over. My problem with my problem with a lot of this stuff is is that there's no resolution. You just have mm-hmm. to wait until the next movie yeah. to hopefully maybe have an ending. Yeah. And you know, I, I yeah, I agree. I, That's I'm, crap. I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a huge I'm a huge like I'm a huge fan of like of like old films. I watch a lot of old films. All the new stuff today, I feel is just like a like a serialization. It feels and like a trailer to the every, next movie. Every yes. original movie is trying to trying to build a franchise. They're, they're they're trying to build a franchise. They, they don't need to. Don't necessarily like it. It's what it's why I think it's why like movies like Booksmart is in my top three right now. Mm-hmm. Like top five, really. Because mm-hmm. I mean, top three, top five, same thing. But the thing <laughs> yeah. is, is that like he downgraded it. It's like yeah. 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 you were like top three. Well, top five. I, maybe it's number four. Well, I mean, I remember what I put on my list. Yeah. But, eh, fuck it. Um, the, no, the thing is, is that like the thing is, is that like yeah, you know, it's movies like that that will never see the light of day, but they're good. Mm. And if there's a sequel out of it. I don't really know how I'm going to feel about that. It's just like, oh, they just made another one. They just rehashed it. It's the but, same thing that happened with Independence Day. But if they do it like they say did Toy Story 2, where it feels like a, it feels like another story with the characters you love and also feels like it has a, a found firm resolution, mm-hmm. you, in theory, love it. Yes. In theory. But yeah. I think that the, the problem you run into, at least in my rebuttal of your argument, is... Um, Oh my god! I just looked it up and I've gone blank and I can't. Bye. What did you think, Josh? You said it was. You said you agree. Yeah. That so it's well, crap. yeah. Not everything needs to needs to be set up to be a sequel. Sometimes no. a movie should just be a movie. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about, you know, you got to exclude like your, the superhero movies from this because those are based in comic books and comics yeah. are serialized. Yeah. But you don't need to take any random action flick or drama or comedy or anything. And turn it into a series. Like, you just mentioned Booksmart. Booksmart should not have a sequel in the same way that The Hangover shouldn't have had a sequel. Or Superbad. Or, yeah, they never made a Superbad sequel, and it would have been probably pretty bad. Yeah. 
Um, it would have been, been super bad. bad. It's hard. It's really, I mean, it's not easy to do comedy sequels anyway, no. let alone make it, make it a franchise. You can't just put them in the same scenarios over and over again and expect it to work every time. Um, you just... It, it doesn't make sense. Like I, I feel like the same thing's going to happen. Um, I think I I, I think Avatar is going to blow up in Disney's face. Yeah. I, I hope so. That's, Ooh, I, hope I think so. that's a movie that that like even if you love Avatar, which I'm sure there are dozens of you, um, <laughs> there are tens. What of do you need more of it for? It's been so long. Yeah. Who's clamoring for more Avatar? I don't even right. know what the story. No would be, one. No. But they're going to make five, four, yeah. five sequels. Well, that's what James Cameron wants. Well, yeah, we'll see if he does yeah, it. We'll but, see that. Um, in the next 20 years. Going back to the serialization, I think that it depends on the story. So, like, Empire Strikes Back uh-huh. ends with a cliffhanger. But it, the story continues. So, for me, like, w- when I get sequel fatigue, it's whenever it's clearly become about the cash grab and not the story. My, that's my subjective, best, though. Well, I mean, it depends. But, like, I look at Saw 1 through 3. I think that that is a great horror trilogy. And then 4, 5, 6, 7... And I'll throw Jigsaw in there, even though I liked it. The story was awful, and it was just about the gore. It was just about the name. It was just about the cash grab. Like they just—it's like it, you can tell when they stop seemingly caring about the story making sense, and that's when I go, I don't want to see it, even though I did. When yeah. the f- for me, a sequel or a series or a franchise, however you want to categorize it, turns bad when the series becomes a parody of itself when it when it officially runs out of its own steam based on its ideas and it basically you can just you just look at it and just tell like the charm's worn off this. you can see that a lot it's, off it's, this it's men in black three yeah it's austin powers two it's uh i don't know i'm trying to get other it's grown-ups too <laughs> so what i want to bring up I'm sorry. Did you have something to say? i was just gonna say that's kind of like it's the same concept for television shows you can yeah you can you can even easier identify when a TV show has run its course right. and it's when characters become uh, parodies of themselves. Um, when they get like dumbed down to, yeah, like, like, to like one trait. My, uh, one of my favorite examples is uh, Eric in Boy Meets World. Yes. He does not start out an idiot. No. He ends an absolute he's idiot and it doesn't make any sense. guy in the beginning. Um, he's, he's not You could say the smart. same thing about Friends. Um, uh, you know, people still love that entire series, but you can definitely identify that the characters are, are uh, caricatures of themselves yeah. in the last few years. Yeah, they start streamlining down to Their like stories are still strong trait. enough, I think, but the characters are just I had idiots. another great example that was that was on the line of uh, uh, Boy Meets World and Will getting dumber, but I can't remember what it is right now. But definitely there becomes a moment that it happens a lot. I think an good example, too, is we didn't even talk, we haven't even really looked at like Halloween, or not Halloween, but horror sequels. How oh, yeah. those just get drummed down to being like I said saw. Even, he did say so. He did say so. I'm sorry. Horror franchises are almost always saw, cash grabs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know? that, that that was a point that I wanted to touch base on because like Halloween, Halloween reinvented itself mm, because true. Halloween, ha- Halloween, 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 very very scary. John Vick June. There is there is like like six week six sequels. After six sequels in a movie, oh. yeah, there's like six sequels after the original, and then the new Halloween movie just said fuck it to all those except for the first one, yeah. and they went they went back and they reinvented itself, and I think that's a great move. But even then, they did end it on a cliffhanger, but it's kind of a cliffhanger that I I kind of want to see. Speaking of, we are getting two more Halloween sequels. Yes, we are. Um, Bazinga, starring 
Jamie Lee Curtis announced at Comic-Con. Bazinga! That we are very excited about, and I am thrilled to make Halloween a So Many Sequels Halloween tradition. Oh yeah, we get at least one <laughs> oh, more man. this year. We can watch uh, some of the ones we didn't watch last time. Yeah. Because you guys watched like four. We haven't quite figured out our Halloween, our yeah. October situation yet. Yeah. We're on but we're working. We've we, we, we got we'll several months. Because there's a lot more Halloween movies that we know you guys yeah. never dove almost, into. I can't I, wait to hear how... Mike Myers is yeah. like uh, Jaws. I loved how we did. <laughs> I loved how we did Christmas so much that I like the idea of just picking Halloween yeah. or how picking yeah. scary movies. Yep. So anyway, do you want to go through a quick list of the box office for 2019 thus far? Sure, go I ahead. I won't try not it, to overdo it. Yeah, and then we'll start to wrap. I'll up, tell you I what, think. too, though. I'm going to run through some sequels in here, and honestly, people have been dogging it, and some movies have not been performing to the standards that they were supposed to make. You look at some of these, though, you go, "No, these are fine, though. There's nothing wrong with these." So, I'll pick and choose a few, but I'm going to read the top 10 here real quick. Number 10, uh, by the way, we've had 16 movies make $105 million or more in the United States. So, um, number 10 is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Number 9 is The Secret Life of Pets, which two, which has made $150 million. I totally forgot that came in. Number 8 is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, made $160 million. Number 7, John Wick 3, Parabellum, that's $168 million. Number six is Us at 175 million, so that I believe is the highest original uh, concept of the year so far, and probably will be. Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home had a big jump up to 304 million. The, the gap between one and, or and five that's and only six been out a few huge. weeks. It's still making lots of buku. Yeah, it's been a yeah. It's only been out three, four weeks now, uh, and that's a big jump. Us made 175 million domestically. Spider-Man: Far From Home 304. It's a huge jump. Uh, at number four, Aladdin with three hundred thirty-four, three hundred thirty-seven million. At number three, Toy Story four with three sixty-five. Number two, Captain Marvel at four twenty-six million. And at number one, Avengers Endgame eight hundred fifty-three million dollars domestically, which is the second highest domestically of all time. It's like double Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, it's like double the second highest. It's it, it, the the next two highest don't combine to make like Toy Story four and Captain Marvel don't even add up to me quite as much. I might. They might add up to be just a little over. Some other big movies that came out this year, some other big sequel-type movies and big block, block, big blockbuster movies. Uh, Shazam, we talked about, made $140 million. Dumbo is at $114. Glass is at $111. We talked a little bit about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is at $109 million. Uh, The two movies that I saw, that you, or one of the two movies that I saw you guys didn't, uh, The Upside, made 108 It's another remake. Uh, the Lego Movie Part 2, 105 million. Rocket Man's at 93. It's the 17th highest grossing movie of the year. That's shocking. Alita Battle Angel is num- at number 85. It actually broke like a record for a uh, weekend in China. In China. Uh, the Lion King is currently, after one day, at number 19. <laughs> and at number 20, Men in Black International. Um, some of the guns you guys hated uh, The Curse of La Rolona is at 54 million on the year. Dark Phoenix is at 65. Uh, yesterday, all his trouble seems so far away. It's at fifty-three million, and the hustle down there at thirty-five million. I would say the biggest disappointment on this list would have to be—I mean, not disappointment, but the biggest box office bomb of the year so far. Gotta be Dark Phoenix. I'm thinking Dark um, Phoenix. I think it was Dark it, you like could, budget to budget probably to, Dark to box office to yeah. also name recognition in that entire franchise. Like that's a probably, hot flop. Yeah. Probably Dark Phoenix. Uh, I think you could put Hellboy on that list. Yeah. Uh, it only made $21 million. I think they had at least high, higher hopes than that. Um, 
No, that performed about where they think they thought it would. Let me go through here. Uh, Booksmart, we talked about a little earlier, doing pretty, doing okay. Crawl is doing okay for its first day, first weekend. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. The worst movie of the year so far hasn't been released in very many theaters, but it's called Mentor. Mentor. It's Don't. made one million dollars. <laughs> Yikes! Okay, so let's. I'm anyway. gonna blaze through some anticipated movies, and then we'll and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Uh, I think everybody in this room is very excited about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Out next weekend, right? For sure. Hobbs and Shaw. Not really yep. excited about it, but I'll go see it. I'm no. hyped. Or my maximum hype. Uh, another sequel, Angry Birds Two. Nope. Not yeah. excited about that. But more excited coming. about it. Chapter Two. Yes. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> Gemini Man. I don't know how people feel about that. Do I am way over the trailer. Forever. I think it looks like garbage. They made a man a person. out of another person. Stupid. How did uh, Joker, which I have fully come on board with. Yeah, I'm yeah. on board with Joker. Zombieland 2, double tap. Woo-hoo! Give me it. Yeah. Um, We're going to have to do that in October. They announced the release date at Comic-Con. Um, let's see. Yeah, excited for you, the Adams Family? I saw no, you scroll past that one. Scroll right on past. <laughs> Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Tom Hanks as oh. Mr. Rogers. Oscar bait right at, coming at you. Strong. Oh, is that the other Mr. Rogers movie? Because yeah, you guys were going yeah. crazy about... Uh, that one's a real movie. What was the one you guys were watching? The documentary. Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? Um, Charlie's Angels, the remake. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I actually thought that looked better in the trailer than I expected it yeah, to. that's good. New Terminator movie? Yeah. Yeah, Dark Fate. Doctor Return of Sarah Connor and... Terminator. Yeah. And Arnold. Arnold. Doctor Sleep, which is going to be a relative sequel to The Shining, which so that could be interesting. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, I think a movie that people might... I, I don't know so if people are going to sleep on it or not, but I think it's going to surprise a lot of people is Ford versus Ferrari. I think it's going to be really good. Oh, that's awesome. that looks so yeah, good. Cool. So what you tell me that there are eight. three Stephen King movies coming out this year? Yes. Because mm-hmm. we have Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. yeah. It, and yep. Doctor Sleep. Sleep. Yep. Wow. Uh, Frozen 2, which is going to be crazy. Forever relevant. Frozen 2 is going to probably do gangbusters. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jumanji. Another gangbuster, probably. I never saw the first Jumanji. Oh, it's amazing. And then finally, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Wrap things up there. What's that one? Rise of Skywalker is going to be probably the only... um, Contender for contender in-game? for not not I don't think it'll get to in game but I do think it'll uh, final of the it'll, it'll make the big I mean Able it's pass. possible it's possible it might pass Infinity War it, I think it could I think it'll it's gonna be a one and two situation at the yeah. top of the charts I don't know if Star Wars is as beloved anymore as Marvel is right now and that's mm. why I question it something but something I've had a thought about earlier uh, around just after Endgame came out, is isn't it crazy to think about Star Wars Episode Nine and, and Avengers Endgame are probably two of the most anticipated movies of the year, right? Or, or were before Endgame came out. Two of the most anticipated movies of 2019 weren't even concepts 10 years ago. Yeah. Star Wars had not been purchased by Disney and, re- and restarted. And Marvel had, like 10 years ago, Marvel had just put out uh, Iron Man and The Incredible right. Hulk. The two most the biggest movies. and Because I, I was thinking, like, man, what a build it's been to these two movies. And I thought... Man, ten years ago, you never would even have thought these movies would exist. Yeah, you could you could call them two of the most anticipated movies of the decade easily. I mean, mm-hmm. and for for Star Wars, maybe even longer. This is the end of a journey that started in 1977, mm-hmm. and uh, Endgame is the the end of one of the biggest franchises of all time. Yeah. So that, what is that's well, what I say the end the end of a chapter. Yeah. Yeah kind of good they're kind of bookending both i mean like obviously in game didn't come out at the very beginning of the year but 
first half goes to end game. The second half's probably going to go to uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they go because um, Marvel didn't or Disney didn't buy Marvel and Star Wars to wrap them up. So no, yeah. no, <laughs> not by any they means. The Muppets to wrap it up. Oh yeah, apparently. <laughs> Give me some freaking Muppets. <laughs> I can't love wait. me the Muppets. Can't wait till we do the Muppets franchise. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, so are we done? I I'm think done. that's it. Okay. Um, you can find us online at uh, facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. Also on Instagram and Twitter. And then we're available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Soundstooth, um, a great uh, app created by local uh, content creators, yeah. comics, comedians, people, fun people, Tulsans. Mm-hmm. So go check out Sounds Tooth. Listen to us there. Would be awesome. You can follow three of the four of us on Letterboxd. Yep. yep. And maybe four of us. One maybe day. soon. I'm gonna, maybe I'll have to get um, it. It's worth it. have to to keep up with you that's guys, it. apparently. Until next time. Go out and go see some movies. Go see Booksmart. Yeah. And AMC A-List. You are on the A-List. <laughs>